0: that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey you guys, and welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I'm extra excited today. You guys know I'm always wicked excited. But I'm extra excited today because my beautiful friend, my dear friend, my beloved friend, Meg Haynes in the house. I'm so excited. Hi Megs!
1: Hey. Hi. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. I'm just play happy. with
0: you. I'm <laughs> yeah, wicked happy to play with you too. So Meg Haynes is your, professional name i would say it's your artist name it's like my it's stage oddest, name. <laughs> the artist formerly known as meg haynes right yeah your stage yes. name you're you the thing that you do your business under and i know a lot of women in this in this kind of and i say situation but it's not a negative thing where like for me like when i married my sweetie i chose to remain karen kenny because mm-hmm. married like 42 and i had been karen kenny my whole life right so i was like i'm karen kenny like that's the thing But so you recently, you are also known as your, um, so let's say, and I think you recently adopted your very Italian sounding last name. I know.
1: I always wanted to be Italian, so.
0: (laughs) So And I always felt like, am I saying it right? So it's Marinaccio.
1: Yeah, marinaccio.
0: Marana, yeah, it's a Mar- yeah. Mar- that's hard for me to say. So I say ma, my, 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 everything's ma, my, marinaccio. So awesome. So welcome to the show. Yeah. And you guys, Thank you. Uh, I'm going to let Meg tell you a little bit about herself in a sec, but I'm going to read the official bio because I always <laughs> like to represent my friends properly when I have them on the show. So here we go. Big time bio. So Meg Keynes <laughs> is a spiritual teacher and healer. She's the creator of Divine Feminine. Mastery, she's trained under world-respected teachers such as some of my favorite guys, Brian Weiss, John Holl- 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 Holland, and also Robert Holden, who's such a sweetie pie. Mm-hmm. He's, really, he's really known in the Course in Miracles community too. Um, she's received certifications in coaching, in angel therapy, in past life regression, Reiki, 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 a bunch of Reiki and integrated energy therapy amongst a bunch of other modalities, you guys. She's also, which is wicked fun, because I went to BU, and she went to Emerson yeah, in, uh, in Boston, and she's a trained dancer and performer, and even has a BA in musical theater, which is fantastic and <laughs> fascinating. And so we'll definitely talk about how dance plays a role in your life, too, because I think we've oh, even sure. now, as a writer, as a dancer, as fellow creatives, uh, we really have a sweet spot for the creative arts. So we can talk about that too.
1: Definitely. Um,
0: Meg is passionate, you guys. I mean, she's passionate about a lot of things. You should see her cat, Wiki. She's <laughs> wicked passionate about her cat, Wiki, who we call Wiki. He's wicked cute. Um, Meg is passionate about helping women deepen their connection with the divine, honor their soul's calling, trust their body's wisdom, and heal the blocks that are preventing them from fully loving and living so that they can shine and serve in the way that they were always meant
1: to do. Yeah.
0: You can tell you why. That's so you awesome.
1: awesome? Yeah, you are,
0: <laughs> I know, you're like, you know when people read your bio and you're like, wow, that person sounds pretty cool. And you're like, hey, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> They're talking about me. So welcome to the show. Is there anything you wanna say before I start like hammering you with questions?
1: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just ready to chat.
0: <laughs> awesome, all right, so. Childhood story. So tell us a little mm. bit. You know, the show's all about spirituality and storytelling and what I'm always fascinated with. And what I always say is that, like, when I use, the, like, Rocky, the movie Rocky as an example, and I always say, you know, if Rocky had just stayed in, in, in you know, being a collector for the bookie and punching meat in a locker, like, if, like, that wouldn't, the story would have been like, eh, the guy's a bum. Like, he's like, I'm just a bum. Like, Mick's like, you're a bum, Rock, right? But... <laughs> All of a sudden, the transformation of the story, when he starts Mm -hmm. to take himself seriously and starts to see himself as a champ, and then he like runs up the stairs, like he's like doing that whole scene. It's like that was when the story starts to transition from the old story to the glory. And I love that. So this is kind of like what this podcast is about, is people kind of talking about their own journey and how they find themselves, like, you know, where they started and then what they've done what they've done with the shit that probably happened right so can you <laughs> just tell us a little bit about like where you grew up you know your kind of your family dynamic you know brothers yeah. sisters yes no whatever and then some of your story and then eventually like how that kind of informs inspires influences the work you do today
1: absolutely well i I grew up really close to you. Actually, my mom worked in Lawrence. So that was, that was nice. Um, yeah. So I grew up in New Hampshire. I was an only child. Um, and I was a very happy go lucky, um, very loving child, like just loved people, um, was very empathic, deeply sensitive, was very aware of how, um, my family members, um, felt about things or teachers felt about things. So that, you know, as, as an empath, um, as a highly sensitive kid, and I know you know this too, you learn at a young age, um, how to kind of adapt to your surroundings and how, how to, um, make yourself make yourself appear and show up and act in a way that makes others comfortable.
0: I say, I always say, yeah, it's like what, what is pleasing to others? Like how, what is pleasing? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like how, their preference of how you would be and look and speak and behave. Right. So I call yes. that, I call that the circus laying yourself into some contorting yourself into some version that they find palatable and pleasurable right, yes,
1: and I would say that my true nature was to be a very like I was a very vivacious very like out like loud and and playful kid um i you know I danced from the time I was three on and was in theater and was singing, and I did sports too, but um I just loved performing. I loved making people laugh and, and making them happy. Um, but I, but with that, it's like there was a time and a place for that. So I always, and being the only kid, you, yes. you got, you, 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 can't fuck it up. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's talk about that for a sec.
0: So that, yeah. I mean, that's just, I'm married to a um an only child. Yeah. And I will sometimes say to him, you guys actually went in opposite directions of, in, in being only children in that, mm-hmm. He is like, you, you, cause you've said to me as one of your friends, I know this and I'm, a, I hope this oh, is yeah. okay to share publicly, but you because you did not have siblings, your friends became like wicked important to you. They're oh, a hundred percent. your sisters, like your siblings. Yeah. My sweetie, when I say to him, do you ever wish that you had siblings? And he's like, no, <laughs> like he was just like all set with it. He's not hypersocial, even though he does a very social gig and stuff like that. So I always find this interesting. So that thing that you said, like, well, as an only kid, like, you better not fuck it up, right? Like, you better yeah. not mess it up because it's like one shot. It's almost like so. Is what you're saying not to put this on your folks? But is was it kind of like there was either this expectation or like you're our one shot, like you know you're the kid <laughs> we made, like don't mess it up, you know? And I want to talk about that. And I also want to speak yeah. to when you said. Um, Being a really sensitive kid,
1: Mm -hmm. because
0: where we come from, or at least where I come from on, you know, East Coast blue collar kid, being sensitive wasn't like the way that we might mean it, which is in tune, empathic. You could feel other people's feelings Yes, for Mm -hmm. all the the woo-woo ways to talk about it. Vibrationally, you could tell if somebody else was angry, scared, whatever, just really, a lot of times it's like, stop being so sensitive. Meaning you're right. being a baby. You cry too easily, right? So the so I just wanna... oh the
1: favorite was um, get off the stage, Sarah Bernhardt. That was the
0: because you were being <laughs> dramatic. You is... mean your emotions came across as being dramatic? I, I, just, had, I just had I
1: just had a I just had emotions. And I was yes. very open with my emotions when my parents were not. Um, yes. So it came across as dramatic because they weren't both individuals. Too. And I love my parents so much; they're amazing humans. Um, but they they grew up and and in a, in the same kind of way of you don't you keep it to yourself. You yes. put a smile on your face. You work hard, and so me being a very emotionally expressive kid. Was I think in some ways threatening for them, and so I would always, um, I would always be told, you know, be a good girl, do as you're told, mind your manners, always say thank you, don't misbehave. Like so, there were all of these um, parameters. Parameters, like yeah, exactly. And so I felt like the edges that I could dance in were very tiny, and okay. if I,
0: yeah. Yeah, no, go ahead. I just got excited. So that's like me, like my environment, the way that I dealt with it is I was literally, I'm not just saying this as a, as a, I was literally the kid who never colored outside the lines. Yeah. I wanted it to be perfect. Same. And if I, you know, and I just <laughs> never wanted, it. but here's the thing, like, and I, and I'm really being, I, I want to speak to this and I'm not saying this. I want to be very clear. I'm not saying this in a negative way but when you said I had really big emotions, I heard a voice in my head go, of course you did, because you're a theater kid. Like musical <laughs> yeah. theater kids, they're also always like, jazz hands, right? It's like, hello, <laughs> baby, hello. And you're just kind of- that way. And I think the thi- yeah. I think the, the true theater kids, like they came through that way. And I yeah. think that need to be expressive and mm-hmm. the dance kids and use your body and be big. Like I use yeah. words, right? like words on a page right and it's like with dances and theater singer kids like it's very like big and I guarantee most of the like I think the expressive or highly emotional whatever children I think I was highly emotional but it wasn't safe so it was a different kind of thing I was very internal right? And it sounds like you Mm -hmm. kind of put a cap on that too but I guarantee it's on some level it was like the experience for other people was, or especially your parents, and weren't your parents a little bit older when they had you or your dad was? Was Yeah, he? Yeah,
1: yeah, they were both. Um, my mom was 35 when she yeah. had me and my dad was a couple years older. So um, yeah. I was, you know, they were older. They weren't. They, like they, the twi- was they they a 20 year old, like
0: I was, right? right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. Different. Exactly. But so I was going to say the phrase was probably um, on some level that you were too much. Did you get told you were too much? Oh, all much? the time.
1: Yeah, yeah 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 and it's and and look like they um we say all this and and knowing very well that our parents are always doing the best that they can and of my course. parents are so loving and encouraging of my big theater oh my god they <laughs> love you to and my dancing but in everyday life you know they really wanted to rein it in and um so what to that do you think well a couple things i mean first when you are an empath um you are feeling other people's emotions and experiences um well there's different kinds of empaths but um i felt other people's emotions and experiences in my body so if someone was angry with me that was very threatening because i could feel that anger like coursing through my body and so back to the Cirque du Soleil that is why I always made sure I was a good girl because any emotion outside of um, that, that could have been anger or rage or disappointment or shame or get like that was very threatening to my, my physical system um, and emotionally. So I really tried to avoid any situations that would activate any sort of or elicit any sort of response from someone else because it was a way that I kept myself safe.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit because I find this fascinating. And and if you want to, we can dip our toes into or at least name the different kind of empaths. And I think when you say that it means the way the way that people are empathic, the way that they experience whatever they're it's just like kind of like how certain psychics, some get visions, some hear noises, some hold objects, right? There's different ways I think of interpreting or experiencing outside um energy or you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. i think that's what yeah all right?
1: empaths are sensitive to energy they're sensitive to the energy around them some people are more in tune with animals some people are more in tune with their environment um so some it's a combination for me it's very much um i, I feel other people's feelings in my body
0: yeah. So like how our friend Meg Shea is an animal communicator, like she yeah. can really pick up on the vibes of animals. Yeah. So um, shout out to Meg. We're Hey Meg. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, one of the things that you said that I wanted to dive a little deeper on is that you were saying that your nervous system like could not handle when it would feel, and I think that's what you meant. You said my physical yeah. system, right? So like your yeah. nervous system. And for those of you who who might be new to some of this information like you know your nervous system like the especially like your adrenals your adrenals mm-hmm. like pump out all of these stress hormones it's kind of the things that we relate to when when we when they talk about being in fight or flight or freeze mode. Yeah. And so a lot of times it's, it's almost like you feel like you get a little short circuited. It's just like, <gasps> like, it feels like a real threat in your own body. And it can just like knock you on your ass. You get totally for fatigued sure. or overwhelmed, like whatever, just for people who are listening. But yeah. when you are saying that it was too much for your system to experience other people's like anger or dissatisfaction Mm -hmm. with you, whatever. Here's what I would like to know. Did did that feeling of like that intense feeling where you kind of were like, I don't like this, so I'm going to behave super good so I don't have to experience their dissatisfaction or anger or upset. Did that also though then keep you from being comfortable with expressing or feeling or experiencing your own anger and your own rage. So did you like just suppress everything? And then you're, cause here's what I know when we, when we do that as children and especially as a writer and as a mm-hmm. spiritual mentor where people, a lot of the people who are attracted to me are also word lovers and stuff like that. And they often say to me, I want to find my voice. Right? So I'm wondering if yeah. the use of your own voice in that situation got
1: affected. Oh, for sure. And I would say that my voice is something that um, I do a really good job of expressing emotion or any sort of difficult conversation that I want to have either through writing, because that is a way that I can channel that or through movement. So dance literally saved me Mm -hmm. for so many years. Um, I would just go into my room and I would dance and put on, you know, rage music and just like (laughs) work it out in my bedroom, just thinking I'm being, you know, just choreographing a piece. But really I was giving myself therapy because I had no one guiding me through those emotions because especially emotions like anger, rage, like grief, those were, those were definitely not observed in my house. Yes. And no one, no one could guide me through that because they hadn't gone, allowed themselves to move through that. Sure. So, um, so that kind of leads to the next part of the journey where life is great, grand, wonderful. Um, you know, for the most part, like, <laughs> sure. uh, some challenges here and there. Um, and then everyone in my life, uh, started to get sick. Essentially my dad was diagnosed, um, with leukemia and had just a crazy percentage of survival. Um, wait, wait had, so how old were you when that diagnosis came in? That came in, I think I was in the fourth grade. So you're about like, let's see, fourth grade. Nine. You're probably, yeah. Yeah. So nine-ish. Um, and he didn't get a bone marrow transplant until um, I was, it was a couple days before. It was crazy. It was actually the um, I did the first show I've ever done. Um, and I was the lead role. I was so excited. I was just so happy. And then the next day he went in for his transplant. So we saw the show. How old were you when he got the
0: transplant?
1: Uh,
0: 13. So, I mean, that's like a good chunk of time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And meanwhile, during that time, my babysitter who, um, really just was like another mom to me. I grew up with, her with her family while my yeah. mom and dad went to work. Um, she was also diagnosed with cancer and she passed away the next year. Um, my grandparents who lived with us, like they had their own house attached to ours, but um, they were always dealing with health challenges. They both had cancer. Um, it was kind of like, they're going to die. No, they're not. They're fine. They're going to die. No, they're there not. There was they're a fine. lot of threat of death in your household there was a yeah, and I was living with that all the time, kind of looking at everybody going, "Are we not seeing the elephants in the room like this is really intense? are we not acknowledging it? And it was just kind of like business as usual put on a face, like let's deal like let's march on as if nothing's yes. happening, yes, and I was seeing all of this go on and feeling all of this go on, and it be- it literally became too much where all of those emotions backed up literally my body is it, and everybody's body is so wise and so brilliant in the way that it tries to teach you or bring to light things that it's inviting you to heal and work through yes and um my freshman year of high school i didn't finish I, I finished at home but i didn't finish with my classmates um, I was out probably the last two months. They thought I had migraines, so they they diagnosed me with that. Come to find out, I had acute sinusitis, where um, all of the sinus cavities were completely blocked and pushing against my skull. So talk about being stuffed up with emotions. Yes. Not being able to process that. And then also, they think I had mono at that time, so like the deep fatigue. Of working through that and so I was just trying to to work through that and then um, and then the anger hit because <laughs> <laughs> I was like okay this is this is fucked up like this well that's really- just <laughs> it I mean
0: imagine it too like even yeah. if you had a sibling and like don't get me wrong siblings can be a pain in the ass but even my sister and I who like you know mm-hmm. we, we will always love each other but we are different right but if you put us in a room with other people, we can look across the room and know what the other one is thinking. So you right. didn't have another sibling, whether they are a pain in the ass or not, to even just kind of be like, are we really I'm not, not going to talk about the fact that so and so's right. dying or like dad's got leukemia? Like what the fu- like?" So there was no real outlet for you other than like, as you're saying, like dance and creativity mm-hmm. and trying to process yeah. it but it wasn't enough. Like you needed to be able to talk about these things. And then your body just starts to do what, it's just like,
1: hey. Hey, let's deal with it. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, what's up? And so, you know, a lot of, and this happens to, a, it's not a, a female exclusive way of handling things, but I think a lot of women tend to do this, is that um, if, if, you don't, if you don't work through your rage and your anger externally, Yes. In some way it goes internal.
0: Yes.
1: And um, I, of course, you know, didn't want to put that on anybody, um, but it was really intense. And I found cutting as a way to release the anger and a way to feel. Yes. Yes. Feel the physical pain that I was feeling emotionally. It's so fast.
0: Yeah. So, can we, can I ask you a few questions about that? Oh, for for sure. Yeah. yeah, Because, so I think people, it can be really misunderstood, right? So, the way that it is often portrayed um, in um, TV shows, I always say the after school specials, right? The TV (laughs) shows, like whatever, and they'll just do a quick flash to somebody's arm or thighs or belly, and it'll just be all these little lines like scars and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And People can often get confused, like, "Oh, is somebody trying to beyond harm themselves? Like, is cutting because they want to kill themselves? Is cutting right. because some people are like I was just so numb I wanted to feel something?" You're saying right. it from like I had so many feelings. So, can you just talk a little bit of? And I'm I'm not saying you're a cutting yeah. expert, but you are in your own experience, <laughs> right? You are in mm-hmm. your own experience.
1: So, can you talk about yeah. that a little bit? Definitely. I feel like what happened is um, when I get to a place where the emotions were too intense. Um, I would, I, and I always did it in the shower cause that was just a very private place for me. Um, and I, and water is very soothing. So it was like the emotions would get to a peak. I would retreat there and I would, I would cut and that would be the release for me. So, cause I couldn't even scream. I couldn't vocalize anything. So this was just like the, the only way that I could have that release from the pent-up emotional buildup that was that was yeah and the so, surface.
0: so when you say cutting and again not to be not to be graphic or whatever, but I imagine there might be somebody listening at home who has a niece or a kid yeah. or somebody they love mm-hmm. who does this behavior and yeah. the way that I've come to understand it through the many people that I've known who have had um, this And I just call it like, you know, to me it's 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 a survival tool, even though it's not Mm -hmm. probably the most helpful, right? Or you know, kind. It was the only one I had at the time. Exactly. But so sometimes they'll do it with razors. Sometimes they'll do it with something sharp. And it's basically you cut, you cut, and I and I'm trying to understand it because I've never, I haven't done it, so I don't Mm want to misrepresent it in my own language. So you cut, so you bleed. But is it really about just feeling the pain or is it more about like so what psychologically
1: like for you like was the um mm-hmm. what it was for you so it was a couple of things and i never i never touched an area that you know like i didn't i never went near my wrists it was always yes. my thighs always a place where people aren't going to see there's a lot there's a lot more there um and it was it was it was not in any way to kill myself or, or, you know, do serious harm. It was just, it was just to have a release. Um, and that was my experience, um, which can be very different from someone else doing that as well. Um, but I think, I think it was, it was a lot of things. I mean, it was the emotional release for sure. And then there was something just about and not to be graphic about yes. this. And I and I also want to be very mindful of not um, romanticizing. No, I wanted, I, think-
0: be, I wanted to be I to be honest and, and it's right. not
1: again, it's not to be dramatic or graphic, but it's truthful. It's honest. Right. Well, I think there was something just about about seeing seeing my own blood. Yes. That made me go, Okay, I'm still here. hmm I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm here i still alive because there was a part of me that was feeling very disconnected from my own body and yes, from my own life and from my own experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so while it, and it's, it's kind of weird because you have this, you're feeling everything and at the same time you're numb and I don't yeah. know how to, how to put that any other way, but it's like, and then there's no way, there's nowhere
0: for any of it to go. Yeah, I mean, I kind of think of it like, and I'm not, uh, I'm not a psychoanalyst or a therapist. Yeah. But the way that I feel like it is that, um, you know, cutting. You could replace the word cutting with um, drinking booze, mm-hmm. porn, yeah. like whatever. And what it is is like I think there's such an overwhelm of emotion, and it's in 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 your in some cases people are looking for ways to numb,
1: and other yep. times
0: people feel so overwhelmed and full of emotion that the, 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 whatever you want to call it the, it, the internal built-in protection systems kind of like shut everything down. It's like, I feel nothing. And like, you want to, yeah. it's so interesting, right? Like this thing of like, I feel everything, but I feel nothing and I want to feel something, but it's like, I don't want to feel what I was fucking feeling. Like, right. You know right. what I mean? Like, I want to feel something else. I want to feel alive. And, and I think that it's like, it just, I just think so often, like, F- through my own com- through my own suffering, um, it's it's made me so I think much more sensitive, aware, alert, whatever the word is, mindful of other people's yeah. suffering. When I think of people, you know, cutting, I always just like I always just think like, man, I wish I could have. You just want to, hu- I just want to like hug people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just think all the time like I just think like the ways the ways that our younger versions. We're trying to work out how to survive and how to get love. Yeah. You know, we're really creative though, aren't we? It's like we, we uh-huh. will, because some of those things in a way, like I think back to my own survival mechanisms, they work. I, so I do a whole process with my clients called the shield around this. And it's mm-hmm. like they work until they don't work. Right. So at what point did it stop? Like, did it come to your awareness? Like, okay, this isn't the answer.
1: Yeah. Well, um- when I got found out and brought to the um, guidance counselor, and um, did someone of your friends? He rat you pulled. You he out? actually what happened? pulled me out of class. Yeah, a girl. A girl ratted me out, um, and I got pulled out of class. And I thought I was in trouble. I thought I was either in trouble or someone died. And he was like, "No one died, and you're not in trouble." And I was like, "Well, why am I like? There's something up here." And I remember him bringing me into the office and explaining it to me and saying, we're going to have to call your mother. And I was like, no, absolutely. You cannot do that. You cannot do that. Absolutely. You cannot. And he was like, I don't have a choice. I'm going to have to do that. And I was like, no, 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 no. They have so much stress going on. Like I cannot, I cannot be another burden. Like she does not need this right now. Like I, I just went into protective mode of, of, I was just trying to process my own shit. I'm not trying to add shit to my parents' shit. (laughs) Uh I mean, you know what I mean? I was just like so self-aware of like this, like this can harm that or she's going to take it as I, she didn't love me enough. She's going to take it very a person. That's not what this was. This was just me trying to work out the intense emotions of everything I'm feeling but he did call her because that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, like, he had to. He literally had to. Right? And, and I and my mom, like my parents, were just of course so loving, so supportive. Um, just wanted me to be well. And so the recommendation was that I go to therapy. Oh. And I um went through a few of them. Yeah, I have my own. I have and, my, I own, mean, I have my know, own story of uh, teenage
0: <laughs> therapist. Yeah yeah yeah
1: it was uh, it was i i really thought i was in a movie and a couple i was like wow this like really happens okay wow all right yeah well so let's
0: let's just take a moment and you don't have to say her name do you did you know who ratted you out did you find out who the, oh yeah I, I, we say rat yeah. but let's let's call it what it was and this is what i wanted to acknowledge it and say um you she know, gave me a gift
1: she i mean she it was me it gift. was at a yeah.
0: I mean, I'm assuming she was somebody who cared about you and Mm -hmm. did it out of love, you know, and um, it's so funny because, you know, we have four little dogs. Mm -hmm. And the other day, Peanut, um, the littlest, (laughs) the littlest of the littles, like, I don't know what he saw, turkey, squirrel, who friggin knows, but he was going ballistic downstairs. And so I was, I'm going to make my point in a second. And I was like, I was like, Peanut, what's happening? Did you see something? Did you see something? And all the, and my sweetie was in the shower, so I, I couldn't even enjoy the joke. I had, to, I had to make myself laugh. And I started yelling, Peanut, Peanut, see something, say something, see something, say something. And I just started yelling, that's what that girl did. Like she saw right. something and, yeah. and kudos to her for having the courage. Because yeah. she probably knew that she was risking, like, especially if it wasn't common knowledge, like you could probably go, well, it's one of three people or whatever who ratted me out or whatever, right? Yeah. But um, kudos to that, to that brave
1: young woman. Yeah, no, I'm I'm always grateful for her for that experience. And because it was like if she hadn't done that, I don't know where I where i would be i mean i trust that i would have found my path because we're always being guided
0: yes on
1: our way Um, um but i i that was really a turning point moment uh for me and just wanting to i recognize that that was a that was um That was a coping strategy that I had used to, to move through what I was, what I was experiencing, but I wanted tools. I wanted to actually heal this. And what's really crazy, Karen, it's like, I was thinking about this the other day about how this moment has now come full circle for me, (laughs) because here we are in this global crisis where people are losing, losing people that they love. Yes. And that was, and that was ultimately my, like I had all of this emotion that I was processing, but also there was deep fear under all that of sure. what happens to the people that I love if they all leave me, if they all die. And where, where do we go? Is it just curtains? Is it just like
0: dirt? Well, let me ask you that. So did your family have, I mean, cause I kind of think like I often laugh and say, you know, if you would have told younger me from Lawrence, oh, you're going to be a yoga teacher. Oh, you're going to be a spiritual teacher. Yeah. Like I would have laughed in your face. Right? right. And even though I was raised a Catholic kid and Same. God was a concept, you know, that I understood and da, da da So that was my question for you. So this concept of like, because as Catholic kids, mm-hmm. we were told that there's an afterlife, but- yeah. You better pass the fucking test, right? It was like so conditional, right. like it also. So it's not like when you're saying, "Is it just curtains?" Here's what I find interesting about that: you kind of like me. It sounds like weren't just chugging the Catholic kid Kool-Aid, right? Because there was a no. lot of things that like didn't kind of make sense for me, like and I tell these stories like in in the memoir. But it's like so for you when you're like, so is it just dirt? Is it curtains? So. Even though you were, ra- that was my question to you. Did you come from a yeah. religious or spiritually minded or faith background household? And
1: so, you know. I was raised Catholic. I went to church every weekend um, without fail. And I, <laughs> I mean, geez, I, I was, I was sinning in the church like, when I was little, I was just playing. And then afterwards I was just daydreaming about boys that I had crushes on. Like I wasn't actually, yeah, yeah. Like, so, I but- was, I was. But but I remember in CCD or no, yeah not CCD, yeah yeah I remember in CCD um, asking a question to my teacher and saying I have a question. And She said yes, Megan. And I said, if God loves us unconditionally, why would He punish us for our sins? I got no response, and I was told to get a, a box of animal crackers. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling <laughs> so you, right? I, was like, I was like, I don't understand this, and and I also felt I felt a connection to to God but it was when I was in nature when I was with my grandfather yes. it was yes. like not it, it I, I didn't find it there I didn't experience it there and I know some people do have an experience of it of it in a church or in in a community um of sorts I did not experience it there so for me there was not enough I didn't have as faith-based as I am now like I'm very spiritual but I also need proof. I need. Yeah, proof we're al- we're, al- we're like yeah. we're alike in that way. Yes, I'm not gonna blindly follow. Like I need, I need proof and I need evidence. And um, all of this led me to this woman who um, worked with crystals <laughs> and had oils. And I was like, great, sign me up. Um, she is one of my dearest mentors to this day. Um, How how old were you do you think when
0: this concept of like, because I was raised in, you know, you know, I was a Catholic kid, but my step side of the family, who when we were kids, we didn't distinguish, but just, I always try to make it clear as an adult. So I was an Irish kid. Hello, Karen Kenny. But Mm -hmm. uh, my step side of my family were Italian and Portuguese. So my Nana, Mm -hmm. you know, like we talked about this the other day, they did the Malukis, they did the evil eye ceremonies. Like I learned about blessing, you know, how to keep the evil spirits from coming in through the doors and the windows, like all these things, tarot card readers, superstition. Like I grew up like knowing about like, of course, God, the Holy Trinity, Holy Spirit, all that stuff. But then I had this other experience of um, being exposed, right, to these other ways of being. So- um, That was just normal. It was just normal to me. And and sometimes I think people are like, like they think I don't, I, I don't know. Like, how do I say this? Like, I'll say the crystals and stuff are great, but that's not the only thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, For don't sure. stop yeah. there. And I think that they take that as me going, like, if you look behind me, you can see I got plenty of stuff. I love them too. <laughs> I grew up with them. But I just think that there's, um, um, there's more there. So to, right. how For old sure. were you? When you so you're having this thing like oh my god what is it dirt da 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 so like right. what age are you when this starts to kind of happen because obviously now we're at the tipping point that really leads to the work that like you right. do now so talk about this this is a big moment this is like this is yeah. my Mary, meeting Marianne Williamson moment kind of huh right?
1: yeah 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 it was the second appointment I think I was still in high school it was the second appointment with Amy. Maybe it was a couple, maybe we had done a couple. Um, and I remember sitting in her office, and it was filled with crystals and healing music, <laughs> and a fountain, and a diffuser. Of course, these,
0: there was a fountain, lots yeah. of plants.
1: Yeah, you're always gonna have that fountain in the background. Yeah. My office is really missing one right now. Um, but I and I remember just sitting there, and I remember her asking me, and she has the sweetest voice. She said, Do you believe in angels? And I was like, Well uh yeah i mean i'm catholic so yeah i mean i hope that they're there she's like well archangel michael and mother mary and jesus are all here with us together and i was like oh fuck. like i was really really digging this i was really like starting to heal and like i could feel the shifts happening and now we're coming in with this it was just but at the same time i was like she's a really lovely lady yeah. I don't think she would, she, I, I'm not getting the vibes of, you know, cult-like or harm or anything, <laughs> anything there. There's, but no, I was just, there's no Jesus enemies coming your way, right? <laughs> no, it's like, no, Yeah. And I just remember, like, don't make a face. And yeah. I just, like, looked around the room, and I was like, okay, okay. And she's like, what do you feel from that? And I was like, well, um, to tell you the truth i don't really know because i can't see them i can't feel them i can't touch them like i don't know where they are Mm -hmm. and i don't think that you would lie to me this is probably your experience but it's not mine i so i can't believe it until i see it yes and then cue jesus (laughs) <laughs> with the jesus, total take spiritual the wheel. experience yeah jesus yeah yeah took that wheel. um he will forever both of us is yeah, a guide and a teacher and, and one like my go-to with our yeah Michael. what
0: people i'm laughing right now because what people can't see i call it my jesus wall right yeah. like <laughs> like right literally above my computer where i am right now there are five different pictures of jesus and they're all in all except one he's with Animal, he's with little sheep, like I wish I could flip, I could actually Aww. pull back, and, but it's like, so yeah, like, and to be really clear, like I always want to say to people, um, people experience, because this is like a little shout out to, my, to our homeboy Jesus, right, because I think people experience yeah. Jesus in so many different ways, and I think Jesus gets a bad rap, because when I said yeah. that jokingly, like the Jesus enema, I think he gets crammed down people's throat as children. And so they kind of get turned off when they hear it later in life, whether they're teenagers or twenties or whatever. And they're just like, Oh, and people automatically assume that if you say Jesus, that you are evangel, like you're evangelizing or that you are a wicked hardcore Christian or whatever the thing is. And I'm always like, Jesus to me is like a free agent. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, no one religion owns this. And even if you don't, consider yourself wicked religious or spiritual you can think jesus as kind of like the main character in a lot of great teaching stories he he's taught yeah. like i mean to me he's just an ambassador of love he's the like ultimate healer like, exactly yeah. exactly so i just wanted yeah. to kind of because sometimes people hear jesus in kind of like how you were experiencing when you were younger and how i've felt it when right. people have come at me hard with the bible thumpers right i'm just like You can feel yourself just kind of shut down and la, 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 block your ears. Those of you who can't see me, but can hear me, I'm like blocking my ears. Like, no, 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 Mm -hmm. no. Don't want to hear it. Right. So I just want to say, keep your hearts and minds open to this concept of Jesus that Meg's about to share with us and her big, like cue Jesus. And like he comes in because it's not, it's not like. I just always want to say, like, can we just let Jesus out of the box? Can we just not try to put him in some little box of how we're, we yeah.
1: talk about him? Does that make sense? Am I making sense? A hundred percent. And okay. I think that it's what happens a lot of the time, like at least in my experience, um, is that Jesus was a teacher of love. Yes. He was a healer. He... He was, he was teaching love and compassion and I, and a lot of people will use his name to then say, say words of fear or condemnation or, yes. or, or that judgment, judgment, fear. And those are not his words. Those are, that's not, that wasn't his teaching. That's a
0: human so, interpretation
1: and manipulation of love. Exactly. And yeah. As humans, we, we know love as conditional. We don't know it as unconditional. That Amen. is what we're here to learn, I believe. Amen. Or remember, rather, because yes. we already <laughs> know it on a soul level. But um, yeah, so I was sitting there and all of a sudden I went somewhere. I don't know where I went. Um, but I just, I felt, and every time I talk about it, it's like I've never had the same experience again in the same, like, intensity but when I talk about it, it's like, I can feel it in my throat again. This, um, do you feel emotional when you talk about it sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it saved me. That experience saved me. That was the, that was and that. And so, you know, in the full circle moment, and I'll come back to that, um, of what's going on, having it have of wondering like, oh my gosh, what happens when everybody's that? Your world is literally falling apart. You have no control. Yes. And then to witness like, oh my gosh, this is what lies on the other side, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. but always with us. Like this is, this is what's real. Yes. And it felt totally, um, I just felt like my whole body just filled up with love. Mm -hmm. and every fear, every doubt, every worry, er, every thought of lack, um, just completely evaporated. It wasn't Mm -hmm. even, I couldn't even, I tried to like pull a thought and it just wasn't even there. And I just heard his words like, you are love, you are safe, you are loved Mm -hmm. all is well. Like, trust me, Mm -hmm. trust me, trust me. And I did every fiber of my being, I trusted and I, and I knew it. It just, it wasn't even a like, Oh, I hope that experience was, re-. it was like, that was probably one of the most real experiences of my entire life. Well, so, right. So when a course of
0: miracle says like only love is real. Yes. It's so hard to believe that when we're in this construct of, again, call it the illusion in some traditions, they call it the Maya, the dream. Right it's so hard in this very like body centric Mm -hmm. identified experience this world right so you know as marianne you know often says like marianne williamson often says like love is what you love is what you are it's what you're born with and Mm -hmm. fear is what we learn here right yeah so it can be really hard to like kind of um accept that only love is real it's like so when when you're talking about that right I'm not telling you what your experience was, but the way that I interpret that is in that moment you have what I would call the memory of God's love. Yes, which totally. you have never actually left, but right. spiritually, are, like we have this amnesia here in right. this world, thinking we have to now. And then the religions tell us, well, if you just do steps one through ten, right, if you just follow these commandments, then maybe you get back in, maybe you right. get to maybe. go home, right? Maybe. So, I just think that imagery of your whole body being filled with love, the experience of lightness, that to me is that enlightenment, yeah. right? To get your yeah. light in, to be filled with the light that you are. You are the light of the world. Like, I just feel like, yes, in those moments, like, it's so beautiful because I've experienced it and it's, and I can't say, and I wanna hear more about like how long it lasted, like, whatever. But yeah. for some people, I know some people who have been, just like when they say the first time somebody gets high, yeah. they're chasing that experience like again and again and again and again. And for a yeah. lot of people, they say, I've never, I haven't felt it that same way like ever again. But like, what a gift to have yeah. had that experience to in all, this is what was so powerful too about what you said, all fear, which is like all ego thoughts. Yeah. All ego constructs in it for a moment just dropped and it was like the veil dropped and it was like,
1: Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, and you know, I didn't, um, the other thing too is I've, <laughs> I've asked, you know, can I have that experience again? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and They always just say, you don't need it. You, you already have it. Yes. You already have it. You have it forever. So, um, yeah, I love that. I, I literally can't even tell you how long I was in. Like, that's what I mean. Like, I left, I, I left my body. I left the... Yeah. I just remember coming to and Amy just asking, would you like some water? And I was like, <laughs> just like nodding with my eyes, like off somewhere. I think I paid her. I'm not sure. I, I know I did. <laughs> but I just, I, I don't remember. I remember like walking down the stairs. I remember getting into my car. And I remember just completely sobbing, just totally, totally sobbing. Because for the first time in my entire life, um, I I felt, and maybe not my entire life, because I think as as children, we're, we're really tapped in and connected to that, but um, I just knew that everything was going to be okay and i called my mother and i just said thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you for this gift of this woman like thank you for thank you for helping me find this and that that was the turning point for me of there's something else out there and i want to know what that is and I want to learn how to cultivate that connection and I want to learn how to help other people do that now granted I started learning different modalities um, yes. right out of high school yes but I was that was not the path I at that moment I was not like spiritual teacher healer like that was not <laughs> the path I was yeah. I, I was a musical theater major, so yeah, I was like thinking, jazz hands. You were like Jesus in jazz hands, right? <laughs> so so I, I was really like it was kind of like off to the side for me. Yeah, like I was I was learning it, and I was I wanted to le- I wanted to study it because I wanted to understand it, but I also wanted to just have a tool I could offer my family and my friends. I wasn't even thinking about other people. I was just wanting to learn more myself and have something that I could offer to the people that I loved. Yeah, um, but my trajectory was like film and and creating dance and and music and things like that that was my that's that was my trajectory and then I moved out to Los Angeles and I realized oh yeah I don't want to be in this industry and I was I had already been learning all these modalities so something in me just went okay well let's try this let's walk this path and see what happens and then it just, well, I
0: think what's so fascinating and I want to touch on this because you and I, we often say like, um, we're, we're on the same field and we have like, like we, we do the same, it's like, we do the same work, but we do it a little bit differently. Right. So, yeah. um, so I think it's really, really fascinating. So I'll call it spiritual team. You'll say your angel team or your angel guide, yeah. Right. So it's like, I would say samesies different, like different samesies. Yeah. But so as you're talking and you're saying, you know, when you called your mom, and this isn't, this is just, um, I always say, like, I'm always, while you're talking, I'm listening to you. But if a a word impression or a thought impression or instructions come through, I'm like, all right, talk about this. Because I just want, I think it's fascinating when you said, and I called my mom and I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for helping me to find this. And I often think to myself, I started laughing. And when you said that, what I heard in my voice is they're like, what I heard in my mind is they're like, we'll use anything. Like, we'll use whatever we can. And I think to me, when you're you're thanking your mom, because at that age and at that time, that's the connection you made. Like, this is the person that delivered me to this. But I would venture to say, and again, you get to disagree with me or whatever. I would venture to say that that, that's that divine timing in the spiritual team or angel team, like, on the job saying, like, so you were saying thank you to your mom, but it's also like, hey guys, thank you for bringing me to my, one of my human angels who can help me. Like I always say, Holy Spirit will, will do whatever it's got to take, right? It will do what it needs to do to to help guide you. So I just think that like, even that, like you, the odds of you, like when I sometimes think about how huge the world is, the fact that we can find our teachers Yeah. It's so amazing to me. And I just, there has to be a certain amount of willingness, but also like I have so much gratitude for my spiritual team for not, I always say for never abandoning me, for putting up with my shenanigans and my stupidity, like my blocks, my blocks. But I think a part of it had to be that you were willing. Some part of you probably said and again, I don't know what the, I don't want to speak for you, but some like I remember for myself when I when 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 I return to love because I I mean books saved me, you say dance saved you, right? Yeah. Books saved me, right? And so I know that I had hit a point in my suffering where I was like I was just done banging my head up against the wall. Like I just knew yeah. I didn't have I was out. I was out of solutions, I was out of systems and tricks and trying to free, I was just like, yeah. I don't know what to do. And in that moment of surrender, call it that, of yeah. being right. willing and saying, I just need help. And it yeah. was like, oh, now, now we can get through that thing. It like, you know, dawn breaks over Marvel You know what I
1: mean? <laughs> well, yeah. And I, you know, I always say you go, you walk the path out of desperation or curiosity But, you know, for me, it was, it was that place of sort of, like, I will literally do anything I can to feel, to not feel this anymore and to feel, and to, and to, and to like, be, be okay, really. Like, I just, I just wanted to feel grounded and centered and have some tools. Like, that was really just like it, like anything to just move through life, um, and I, you know, God bless my mother, who is very intuitive. Um, yes. She's starting to really own that now. Um, <laughs> Patty. But she, but in the, yeah, Patty. Yeah, Patty. I funny that here. both our
0: moms' names were Patty.
1: I know. It's so special. I know. <laughs> anyway, so, <laughs> sorry, mom, shout out. Sorry, go ahead. Um, but But also to that, you know, she, despite her, you know, she lived a very practical life. She's a dental hygienist. Like she, she was a hardworking woman. Um, but she was, she also lived on a Native American reservation for a little while. Like she has all these other like elements of her. So she, she was in a sewing class and some woman was talking about this teacher, Amy, Amy Bachelor for anybody who wants to Know her, she's amazing, um, but she was t- heard about it in a sewing class, and her intuition flared to go, Oh, would Meg be interested in that? And I said, Literally, I don't care. Yes, <laughs> let's try it. Like I am at that point. Yes, um, and so that was the. I our our team always finds a way, always finds a messenger delivery system of some sort to get us where we to need deliver to go. the goods
0: to deliver the goods yeah, because, exactly. I mean how I mean getting me I mean the fact that we so we laugh about this the the I mean I'm I'm like 18 years how much older? I'm almost 20 years older than you I think right you're 35 yeah yeah so I'm gonna be 52 soon right so I'm like this is like a age difference there. but we both grew up your, your mom worked in Lawrence I lived in Lawrence we both yeah. moved out to L.A. We both lived yep. in the Oakwoods on Baham yeah. Boulevard in L.A. Like we <laughs> so laughed so hard strange. about that. It's like so funny. <laughs> We're both married to creative people. Yeah. Actor for you and musician for me. Artist, yep. you know, whatever. And then mm-hmm. like we, we both like here we are. We find ourselves doing spiritual work in New Hampshire. Like what the fuck? I don't even know. But here <laughs> we are. Like here we are. And it's so, And it's so amazing. But one of the things I just want to circle back to because I know for you and I, one of the things that really matters, and look, I always do this disclaimer, like, look, there are people who could show up from my past and be like, oh yeah, integrity and honesty is so important to you. Look, I've, I've forgiven the earlier versions of myself, right? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, I understand that a lot of my life was just like surviving. And one of my earliest mentors was a guy that was like, look out for number one, kid. Do what you got to do, yeah. right? Like, so yeah, I stole shit when I was a kid. Like there were things that like I did and yes. I look back and I go, God bless that I'm even still alive, right? That I came out intact in some way. So I always say this with the awareness that there might be people in the world who had a different experience of me before. <laughs> yeah. However, this, con- this concept of honesty and integrity, I think as adults is like really, really important to us, especially in this work that we do. And you said something that I, that I thought was really, interesting is that like you were saying at a particular point I knew first of all you needed these modalities these these tools um you know to put in your as I call it, the spiritual toolkit right to put in your toolkit I I you wanted yeah. these things and then eventually it became I want to be able to share and use these with families members or people I love or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you yeah. weren't you weren't I always I wanted to see how this lands for you and maybe i'm just the asshole that that has this experience but i've seen it with a lot of people uh male and female who have huge followings they'll make a statement like when i was eight or when i was five or when i was three like i always knew like you knew that you loved to dance Mm -hmm. and to express and you understood when you were a little kid not consciously, but oh, when I do something and auntie so-and-so laughs, I like that. But you like, couldn't great. have broken it down at that level, right? No. So when I hear people making these claims like, mean, um, I think this is one of the dangers of giving away our power and putting people on pedestals and looking at them and just believing, like just chugging the Kool-Aid 100%. of other people, of gurus and teachers, when they start saying, oh, I knew it five years old, I wanted to be this. I knew it six, like there's this one story And I'm not gonna name who it is because I'm gonna be professional and nice. But it's a dude, and he was telling this story about how when he was like, I want to say around eight years old, neighborhood bully kids like pissed in a in in like a Pepsi can or something and made him drink it. And while he was drinking it, he says in my head I was like, you know, when when you know one day I'm gonna have all this money and all this stuff and I'm gonna make and I'm like, dude. There's no way when you're drinking somebody else's warm piss, you're planning your empirical comeback. Like, do you know what I mean? Am I making yeah. sense? hundred so percent. Yeah. For me, it's one of those things like people are like, did you always know you wanted to be a writer? And I'm like, I knew that I always loved books. I yeah. knew that I loved stories because books contain stories. Yeah. And stories helped me to visit other places. Yeah, Like, you know, worlds that I could never visit as a poor kid from Lawrence or whatever. Mm -hmm. I loved how stories made me feel that sometimes I could read a story and I felt so seen like, oh, there's a connection there. Like they're showing me me. Like I'll never Mm -hmm. forget when I was a little kid, you might not have had them, but there used to be these books that your parents could order. And they were just like generic little stories, but they would put in your name. And if you had a dog, Uh it would put in the dog's name and like where you lived. And I'd be like, (gasps) oh, It's a book about me. Like, I just knew I had my own book and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Like, ever. You're you're laughing too. Like, I was like, it was just like on Romper Room when she would hold up the damn tennis racket thing and go, the mirror or whatever it was and go, and I see Karen and Susie. I'd be like, she said Karen. Like, I would be so excited. But I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I appreciate, I want to acknowledge that I appreciate that you didn't come out and be like, I knew it five years old that I wanted to write books or dance and the, the speak on stage. I'm just like, why do we feel like we have to go back and make our little selves prophetic in some way or like right. all knowing in some way to try and make our adult self feel like we're an expert or mass. Like, am I, am I adequate
1: right now? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think for all of us, we can go back and we can see We can see the things that we were natural, our natural gifts and our, and our passions and our desires. We can see them all laid out in in different ways. And I think the journey is just collecting the collecting, connecting the dots, collecting the, the wisdom, the experience. And, you know, I, I think it's the, uh, the, The trouble I have, and you and I have talked about this, with a lot of um, coaching and the way coaching is done is to just pick something and then to make a business around that thing and to kind of box yourself in such a way that doesn't actually allow your creative genius to be expressed or your intuition to really be the driving bus of that um and and that is what happened to me you know it's like here I have all of these modalities and I'm trying to figure out like what the expression of it is and I have a bunch of coaches being like this is what you do and here you go and like put in, put putting in Meg, nobody puts baby in the corner right like trying <laughs> to put Meg
0: in a box and I, and here I, I am I, again in the box right in the container. like your childhood like repeat trauma like hey let's just yeah. let's just let's just make Meg feel like Meg doesn't get to have a voice about what she really wants. And I think the reason right. why I'm bringing all this up is not to, you know, maybe I'm being a dick, I don't know, but, but not to be a dick, but to basically point out, I think that exactly what you're saying, those things that we were drawn to when we were younger, the things that we knew that we loved, that to me is your intuition speaking through. Right. That is your, right. in a teacher, connecting helping you because you're too stupid i'm like your brain doesn't even like fully form to you're like 25 right.
1: or something so your younger self is being shown these little clues and these you're open things. to it at that point like you're just open and receptive yes. because you haven't learned to shut that down or or off yet
0: or to follow other people's authority over your own right right yeah, so when you're young thing. you just know what you like it's like peas it's like no like they put something in front of you and you're like, no, you're very clear about what you like, what you don't like. And with little kids, were you ever that kid who, because people never believe me that I'm like, I have a lot of introversion, but I was a wicked shy kid. And um when you know there might be that one relative or whoever or or many relatives where you did not like hiding behind your parents' legs, like not wanting to go kiss them or be close to them, oh, yeah. whatever your spite little spidey senses were telling you, or you were just wicked shy, whatever, and they would make you yeah. so at a very young age, we are taught not to trust our own agency and authority and um mm-hmm. intuition
1: do you, do you yeah. think
0: that that's true
1: for yeah, you yeah, and i and I think that we you know we're at the mercy of our caretakers and, and we're, we're trusting that they have our best interests at heart. And, and, and maybe they do on one level and aren't open and aware to the things that are going on. Um, maybe they are open and aware of the things that are going on, but they're in denial about it because of their own stuff, whatever it is. Um, we're, we're basically, we come into this world and we're, we're taught like these are the people that are that are going to guide you through life. You must listen to them, trust them. Um, and we just and we do because we have no other choice not to. Otherwise we don't survive. Well, and I think that's one of the greatest things
0: about when I talk to people about, you know, in the work and the you know, we both do this work, but I'm just speak for myself. When I make the distinction, it's because I, I only want to speak for myself and not make assumptions about you. Yeah. But for me in the work that I do, um, I I try to remind people like one of the greatest gifts about being older now, like being adults now is we get to decide what we want to do with those things. Like when your power was taken away as a child, like now we get to decide, how do I want to um, revise that? I always say your your life is a story. Um, edit often. Write well and edit yeah. often, right? Yes. So it's like, yes. how do I want to revise? Like To revise mm-hmm. really means to revision, to see again, to see anew. Yes. And how do I want to see these old stories? So much of my process as a spiritual mentor has to do with Writing and like meaning, yeah. the language is all like kind of tied together. So for me, it's like a revision of what had happened. And I think what you, what what you, you were talking about um about all these different things that happened to you as a kid, all the feelings that you felt, all the experiences that you had, and then it's like crystals and angels. And I know you do you have in the past for me, anyways. I don't know if you still do them, um but angel cod readings and all these modalities, right? The Reiki and spiritual, all these different things have kind of come together yeah. to form what is, I would say, kind of your, and I know you're many things. I'm not putting you in a box, but it's your, it's your own yeah. creation, which is divine feminine mastery. So do you want to talk yeah. about that a little bit and how that kind of came to be? And, you know, because I think what's yeah. interesting right now is that I'm seeing a lot of people oh boy here i am here i am being a dick again but here's the thing i just see a lot and i just look guys i just
1: report i always say but you're not you're not being a dick i'm just just being honest about what is going on and i appreciate that and i know many others do and it's not coming from a place of judgment ever
0: no it's just i just think it's kind of like how you felt as a kid where it's like, guys, are we really going to ignore that all these people are sick and dying around us? Like, can we just have a conversation about it? And for me, yeah, I think in the spiritual world, I see a lot of it. I see a lot of spiritual bypassing. I see a lot of people like even in the forgiveness process where they just want to like bypass and get to this piece. And I'm like, you don't get to bypass the accountability piece. Right. I'm willing to forgive everybody. I'm willing to forgive like a mu- right. you know, I'm always like this being human is like being in the fucking forgiveness Olympics and I am going for the gold. But it doesn't mean just because I forgive you that I want to still have lunch with you. Right? right. It's like there's these steps that a lot of times we like to skip. And one of the things that I see to, to speak to exactly what you were just saying is that people think that if you're being an adult and you got your eyes open and that you're being discerning yeah that you're being judgmental and we're not supposed to judge each other and i'm like dudes one of spirit one of the things about spiritual maturity is that you take a good long look and you do get to discern this is not for me this doesn't feel right i don't particularly like how that business is being run or that thing is going down you get to discern it doesn't mean that you're saying that person isn't a child of God and they're not lovable and they're evil, but you get Absolutely to say, not. hey, that's kind of fucked up and I don't like that. You get to discern and still be right. spiritual.
1: Do you, right? You mean, I know you know what I'm talking about. 100%. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, and I think <laughs> I do. And um, look, ultimately, anybody who does this work or is guiding people, or coaching them, or whatever, you have a responsibility. Amen. You have a responsibility. Huge. To do no harm to show up to those um, sessions and uh, into that relationship uh, with, with no dependency of how that person should show up. So that it feeds your ego, or so that it makes you happy, or you're you're there to be a guide. You're there to be a vessel of 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 love for that person and hold space for that person. And they can't. No one can heal and truly be vulnerable and release if they are in a space of judgment. It's not going to happen. Well, it only causes more trauma. Amen. and more trauma and more trauma and my thing like where i like i'm 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 peace love and happiness but don't fuck with people that's when i get my that's when i go red you and
0: um, i you and i have had these uh <laughs> we've had a few of these conversations you yeah. and I. so i'm more like i'm la- those of you who can't see me i'm just almost doing like permanent <laughs> double amen hands and i'm kind of i'm kind of like Asking these questions, already knowing on some level what you feel and think about it, right. but I want the rest of the world to kind of hear it because you and I, right. you know, are really good friends and we talk about this stuff. And I yeah. think one of the things that we're seeing so much of that annoys me, and we're going to circle back, we're not forgetting about DFM, Divine Feminine Mastery. What's kind of yeah. sparked this whole thing is this is something, right? You guys, let me just say this unless Meg is on my show, you will never hear or, you know, help in, in helping me in one of my group programs are bringing her in as a guest teacher kk's probably not going to be teaching about feminine anything right like not that and i don't <laughs> say that negatively but yeah. i'm more of a student of that than i am somebody who can speak to it because you guys know uh, there's a lot of masculine energy here and it doesn't mean that i don't have meg's always so kind to me and she's like but you do have a softness
1: to you, right? <laughs> you do. But you I get,
0: so what I'm saying is I don't go in a lane that's not my lane. Like I don't right. try to, I'm not over there teaching on, not that I can't have a conversation about business and branding in particular, like whatever, but I, I probably, I always say like, I know enough, I know what works for me because right. I trust my intuition, but I probably know just enough to be dangerous. And I think that's what we're seeing a lot of is people, yeah. people who are in, the coaching lane of either business or mindset. And they're now kind of trying to jump into the spiritual lane and they're doing things in a way that just like you said, it can be, they know just enough to be enough to be dangerous and they can be really harmful and saying things about that. They know how to hold space and that they're intuitive. I'm like, I keep seeing all these people hanging a shingle. And I always yeah. say, just because you call yourself a thing doesn't make you the thing. Again. But I see all these people like hanging these shingles saying, I'm an intuitive coach. I'm an intuitive this. I'm an intu- I hold so much sacred space, sisterhood, <laughs> all this stuff. So my point being is that divine feminine mastery is something that you have, you've been swimming in that pool for a long time. Yeah. And I feel like all of a sudden they'll be like, I, they'll be like a trend yeah. or they'll be like. Oh well, I see so and so doing that, and they'll skim or steal from the you know what they heard, and then they try to. Mr. Potato had their own offering, and I'm like, but guys, you don't really know yeah. what you're doing, and it's not me. I always say God doesn't need me to police the universe, so I'm I'm Dang. not like on their pages calling them out and do. But I see a lot of bullshit. Mm-hmm. P U P U something stinks. Okay, right. so when you came up with Divine Feminine Mastery, like t- tell us a little bit about, cause I feel like when you were saying all these things that you were kind of these tools, yeah. it now has flown into this offering, this monthly membership program. And if I misspeak the description of it, correct me, please. Yeah. But the way you
1: create like, cause you know how to hold safe space. Thank you. Well, I, and I've, I've worked on that for a long time. Um, and again, it's like, I've been doing, I've been on this journey for 15 years. You've been on this journey for many, many, many years. And it's like, I think that the, the world that we, everybody just wants to get to the destination in a hurry. Everybody just wants to get to the thing to say that I'm the thing now. And when it comes to this kind of work, you, you really have to be, responsible because you're, you, you are, people are trusting you to, to guide them through their uh, like deeply emotional experiences. And if you don't know how to hold them there, that is you're just basically re-traumatizing them i mean or really. you're creating or you're creating a relationship where they they've put trust in you they've invested in you you've you've promised them something and then they realize they haven't gotten that and then you've shamed them or guilted them about that like do you understand that that is like you've done harm amen and 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 that person now has to work through their own process of of, can I trust people? Can I trust someone to guide me? Can it? Can someone hold me in that space, or am I on my own? Well, and that it, is, yes. Yeah. No, 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 I didn't mean. No, that, no. Finish that. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, and so that's where I get really. Um, and I'm, I'm like you. You know, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I feel everything. We have our discussions. But I'm never going to say something publicly or out loud or in a post that I haven't checked myself first with. That yeah, like I what's my intention? Sure that this is like, coming from love. Like it's not because this isn't about like blame or shame or judge anybody. This is always about is love. Love speaking through me right now, and if it isn't, I don't say a word. Well, let me let me oh, yeah, uh, publicly. Yeah, <laughs> say it. I process it through.
0: I wanna, I wanna just I, now. I'm aware, that listeners. I'm aware that I am interrupting, but there's a purpose, <laughs> there's a reason why I'm doing this. So let me also just say to those of you who are listening yeah. right now, um, you might hear Meg breaking, not breaking up, but like being a little staccato a couple of times because um, for what? Because I'm not experiencing that. You might be experiencing me that oh, way I- on your end. But Zoom basically, so the whole world is on fucking line now. So there's a million (laughs) new users to Zoom. So they're putting out, I knew when I started recording, it said, um, you might have some lag time in like whatever. So I I don't think it's that bad, but every once in a while, there'll be a moment where you're saying something and then it like catches up. So I'm just letting people know we're aware of that. Um, But, you know. Me and the
1: internet too is a thing. So So, (laughs) you're
0: you're blasting it with so much energy, Meg. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, so one of the things
0: that I wanted to say is that I think people, uh, all right, without me going down a rabbit hole on language and the word love, let me, let me just try to find a really succinct way to say this. So everything has the meaning that we give it. And a lot of times when I, when I talk about love, and that's why I always say it became very popular when A Course in Miracles started kind of infiltrating the the consciousness uh, uh, in a greater way. I was like, if I hear one more yoga teacher say, um, choose love over fear. I was like, I'm going to, I'm just like going to punch myself in the face. Cause they don't really know what they mean when they say that, or they don't really know mm-hmm. what a course of miracles meant when that kind of became the thing. And we're not right. talking about human love when we say that, cause human love is very, very persnickety. It is very finicky. Yeah. It is very conditional and temporary. So there's a lot of misconstruedness, I don't even know if it's a word, around the word love. So I want to make a point. When you were just saying, I ask myself before I post it, before I do something, before it comes out of my mouth, like basically what you're saying as I understand it, like what's my intention here? Like why am I yeah, doing yeah. this? Why am I saying this? Am I being of service? Is it, is it to be, and I always tell my writing people. You know, if something is hot for you, you either got to write it cold or you're not ready to write it yet. You cannot come from the wound. You have to wait until there's been yeah. some healing or a little scar tissue, right? Because, yeah. then, because then you're just out for revenge. Never write the story too soon, okay? So you're, that's the question you're asking yourself. But you say, I'm saying it with love. Okay. But then somebody might read what you wrote and they're like, well, if you're calling whoever." an industry, a system, a person out on their behavior, how can that be loving? And I'm like, because this is, I did all that to get to this one sentence <laughs> because sometimes love is fierce. Yeah. Love is not care bears and little hat emojis. And like, love is the always, truth. thank
1: you. Yeah. Thank you. So sometimes so we love, can't be lying and denying it. You know, if, 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 if,
0: Like, sometimes the most loving thing you can say, I always say, is no. Yeah. I love you enough to say you are a pedophile and you've been hurting little kids, so you need to go to jail. You're still a child of God. We understand, right? We're not putting you there because you're an evil, like whatever. Some people would call that evil, whatever. But what I'm saying is the intention with which you do something is everything. So we can say no. We can say, give me back my key. We can say this relationship is over, but from a loving place. Is that, yeah. am I, am I, is I being clear? I think in what I'm trying to say. A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because
1: I, you know, anytime I say anything like that, it's like, I, I always see the people that I'm talking to as children of God. Like I know, yeah. I know who they are, but who they are showing up to be and how they are acting out and how they are harming people consciously or unconsciously is not cool. Amen. So that is where I feel my responsibility, going back to responsibility, if, if, um, again, not to police people, but just to say to other people, hey, this is what an experience is supposed to be like when you're working with someone who's guiding you through an emotional experience or a spiritual experience. This is what it's not supposed to be like. And if, if you're experiencing that, that is not okay. Well, amen, because
0: that's one of the things when you're leading, you I'm just kind of repeating what you're saying, because you and I have talked about this ad, ad nauseum about like, coaching, anytime you step into a leadership role, aka a position of hierarchy or power where one claims to be employer, employee, you yeah. know, teacher, student, coach, um, client, mentor, mentee. There's all of a sudden this thing where there is is an opportunity for somebody to be manipulative and for somebody to be taken advantage of. And I'm not saying that people do it on purpose. I think some people are completely narcissistic and they convince themselves that they are an authority on the thing or they call themselves a master or an expert or a guru or whatever the thing is. And one of the things that you and I always talk about is the danger when people give their power away there's this exchange of well you have all this information i'm going to give you money for it so now there's an expectation like there's all these energy roles that are like happening at the same time but the person who is in that moment because we are all students and teachers of each other let's be really clear but whoever is playing Mm -hmm. that role in the moment they have got to have deep integrity like they have got to understand Mm -hmm the power in the position that they are in. And if they aren't in it to be helpful, Mm -hmm. if they don't know how to hold space, like I've seen so many business coaches, like, because this is, and let's talk about this for a second. You can tell me if you agree or disagree. I think that what we're seeing, there's a reason why, I can't speak for you, but there's a reason why I don't say I'm a life coach. I am a spiritual, A, because I am a spiritual mentor and I get trained to be a spiritual mentor, Mm -hmm. but I want the word spirit right in the title because I believe that that's the solution. Yep, I know that spirit is the solution to whatever is happening. Okay. So that's why I do that. And I think that What a lot of people in the coaching world, in the business world, in the brand, all the different ways, right? Entrepreneurial, let's just say that world. What they're finding is they can have all the fucking strategies and systems and whatever they want. But if people aren't dealing with their shit, if their internal game is not happening, their external game, they will not take action. They will not implement. They won't be happy with your services because they'll still be stuck. So I think a lot of coaches and stuff like that and again, you can, you can disagree with me and interrupt me at any time. I think what they're recognizing is shit. I'm delivering strategy, 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 but we're bumping up against they need spiritual help.
1: Right.
0: And they don't want to farm that out. Like they don't want to call in a Meg or a KK or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they try to take on that role themselves when on yeah. some level they have no business doing that. Absolutely. And that's not to make you and I special. It just happens that in this lifetime, who knows, in another lifetime, maybe I'll be friggin' a juggler in a circus. Sur- well, I would never mm-hmm. be this. Well, hopefully, I'll never be a <laughs> circus because of poor animals. But you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. in this lifetime, this is my assignment. So I just find that you have to be honest enough with yourself to yeah. know what your skill set is, what your ability to hold safe in sacred spaces, because I've seen a lot of coaches be able to take their people down into the darkness. And I know we've talked about this. There have been mm-hmm. events where somebody opens up a journaling or a visualization experience and they take yeah. people into their trauma, but then they don't know how to take them out. Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I've, I'm going st- to just uh-huh. shut up for a second and let you <laughs> respond to all of that. So what do you think? No, I, I 100% agree. And, and, you know, it's like this, this work isn't, it's not cool. It's not trendy. you know, like this isn't a green juice. (laughs) So that's where I get, you know, I I get, I just get very um, protective protective. over the work that we're doing and over and over the people that are just trying to better their lives and to, and to heal so that they can, they can live their purpose. They can live in joy. They can, they can be better parents and, and children and siblings and partners. You know, there's there's a real desire for people to want to grow and evolve. And so when I see people who learned about something a weekend ago or a year ago and are now saying that they're an expert on it or, or hosting a workshop on it, or they've now created a course around it, 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 it upsets me because... They haven't, they haven't gone through their own experience of that work enough. They haven't been the student of that enough Amen. to then be able to teach it and to be able to hold and guide people there. I don't have a problem, and neither do you, outsourcing and saying, you know what, I'm not the teacher for you in this moment. KK's the teacher for you, or you know what, you're dealing with deep trauma in the tissue. You got to go to Marianne for that one. Like, That's I, right. I don't, Amen. I, I know where my boundary is of what I have the capacity to do for you and with you. And I don't, ha- if I'm not the teacher for you, then I trust that because I'm operating from a higher system. As are you, I'm not operating from ego and I'm not operating from like, well, how many clients can Spansity. I get? Into? Yeah. This is not about that. It's so much, it's sacred work. And exactly. so I trust that if you're coming to me with something that I, I truly in my gut don't feel like I'm qualified to be able to do with you or for you or hold space with you, I'm going to, I'm, I'm certainly going to be honest with you about what my capacity is. And I'm also going to offer you other people that I think would be a better fit. Amen. Because that's I- the right thing to do.
0: Yeah, so we both work with a woman named Mary Ann C, who you yes. introduced me to, and oh, sure. and um, I'll never forget when I first um, you know, was re- reached out to her. I mean, she almost turned me away and said, like, I don't know if I can actually help you. And I thought, shit, that makes me want to work with her even more because <laughs> she's so integrity, right? She's so in an integrity, yeah. and um. We, we kept communicating and um, and now we, and, and she did take me on as a client and we've had an amazing experience. So I always, I always say thank you, no matter how, I'll be saying thank you to the end of the time. So thank you for that. But I know that, well, so much of that is ego, right? So much right. of that is ego. And so even as a spiritual mentor, I have people that I refer to. So a lot of times when I'm working with a client, I don't think that I check, like I'm not arrogant enough to think that I check all the boxes. So it's very, very common for my clients. I'll say to them, I think it's important that you're also like going to yoga, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I mean, I helped, I mean, I've been a yoga teacher for like 21 years. So that stuff, but I I encourage them to have a therapist sometimes, not everybody, but I'll say, Ooh, I think this is a place where you definitely want to do this. And then I'll sometimes say, Hey, I think you should find a somatic therapist or somebody mm-hmm. who can help you with acupuncture or whatever the thing is. Yeah. I don't try to be the authority on all things because I'm not, and oh, just right. like you, and I don't feel like, this is what I always say, and, I, and it was one of the reasons, this is what's so fascinating too, okay? So I was a yoga teacher, I had a yoga studio for 10 years, and I always used to say to people, um, I'm your teacher for as long as I'm your teacher. But right. when I would close down, like, let's say that I was going to Kripalu for a week, you know, whatever, I was doing a course or a training or whatever I was doing, and the studio would be closed. This is like back in the day, because this was like 2003 before the, all the fancy internet-y stuff, right? And I would be like, hey, go to, there's like five other studios in town, go to another class. Mm-hmm. And people would say to me, I can't believe you tell us to go to other studios. And I'm like, why? They're like, what, what if we went there and we liked it better? I go, well, then that's where you should be. Right. Right? Like, if you go to another studio or another teacher and that fills your well and you, you feel like in your gut, like your spiritual team is saying, go here now, right. I go, go ahead. And so yeah. I would share cl- like students with, and I share clients sometimes. I, I'm working with somebody and then they're working with one of my friends or they know this one and they're doing this over here. And I'm like, amen, man. Because I know yeah. how many different resources I needed in my own healing. Same. Right? And so if we can just get mm-hmm. the ego out of the way for a, half a, for a hot minute and just say, I don't need to check all these boxes. And I want to circle back to something else you said. And then I want to hear more actually about your program, Divine Feminine Mastery, because right. I think it's going to resonate with some folks, is that, um, oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> mm- mm-hmm. hold on, you guys um brain fat, you said something that really oh rats, anyways, if it's that important, it will come back to me. so tell us a little bit about um divine feminine mastery and what it what it kind of looks like in case it resonates with somebody
1: yeah, so i mean when when that started, you know that wasn't a that wasn't a program that i you know in a box that was literally and i know that this term gets used a lot in a lot of ways um but this was actually downloaded like yes. i was not looking for a pro i was not looking for anything my my this, can, we, I, can i interrupt you for a second
0: yeah i so i was talking about this a little bit earlier and i talked about it on a live i did today too about the spiritual toolkit yeah. And, I, cause I, and I made fun of this whole thing, the divine mm-hmm. download. And the reason why yeah. I make fun of it is because I think a lot of people are lying when they say it. And I don't even know if right. they're conscious. I'm not saying they're consciously lying. I think people like to think of ideas, ego ideas. Like they're out taking a walk and they have an ego idea, but they say it with a right. divine download. And I'm always like, whatever. But I was saying to people, people have asked me, KK, you talk about your spiritual team and you talk about listening. You know, like prayer, I say sometimes it's talking. Meditation sometimes is listening. And they'll say... So like, do you actually hear a voice? Mm. And I'll say, well, I've only like really have heard a voice in my head. Like it literally was like, I heard a voice in my head that did not belong to me that as long as much as I'm aware of giving me stuff. But for me, um, it's more like, I call it like a word impression or a thought Mm -hmm. impression where all of a sudden the words are there. Like it's there or the idea. I know the difference between an ego idea. I can feel the difference Mm -hmm. versus this is something that has been given to me individual curriculum. So when you say it was a divine download or a download, can you just talk to us about how that you experienced that in your body? Because I think so many people often ask me, KK, how do you know when it's ego talking versus your spirit talking? yeah and and you distinctly
1: usually know based on how you feel yeah but so can you just talk about your experience so yeah so whenever i whenever i use that term it's it's it first of all it has an energy to it that i can feel um behind it and there's usually that part of me that's like wait what is this like i'm almost like a a conversation like wait what it like, huh? What is this happening? Or like, you really want me to go there? <laughs> or like, we're that, doing what? Wait, we're doing, doing yeah, what? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> so it's like it's almost like I'm having a conversation. It's not like I hear an ominous voice. It's yes. still, I don't even. I mean, it comes in so fast, so I don't even know if it's my like. It's it may in my head sound like my voice, but it's not my. It has like a whole other energy to it. I can't really explain it but it's just, it's something that comes in and my system, it's, it's like, it's a knowing and a feeling. Yes. At the same time, which is at, for a lot of empaths, you have those two lit up really well. It's like, you feel something, you know something.
0: I'm raising my hand to not be rude to interrupt you. Yes, but yes. Do you as
1: a choreographer,
0: as a dancer, mm, yeah. do you receive inspiration for dance and art in the same way? Or is it more like, so I think of one more like, Marianne Williamson always talks about how like, love is like a, um, an undeletable file that we can like, mm-hmm. download, right? That we can download into the body. But I think sometimes when I'm in inspiring, like when I'm doing a, a podcast or even this right now, talking to you or I'm doing yeah. a Facebook Live, I think of it more like if we're going to use uh, web, web, web terminology, almost like um, a live stream. Like it's happening and coming yeah. through at the same time. Mm-hmm. So with dance, I imagine it might be like that. So I'm just, again, yeah. I'm, wicked, I'm just wicked curious. So finish your thought about how the divine download happens. And then I'd like to hear in your creative process as a dancer, if it's the same thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's almost like, um, it's, it comes in almost as an instruction or as a word impression, like you said. So for this particular thing, I kept hearing these words repeated over and over and over again, presence, nourishment, pleasure, truth. And they would just like drop in, but they dropped in with all this weight. And I'm like, what am I doing with this? What is, okay. Yeah. You're telling me I need more Take of this. Notes. Like, <laughs> I was just like, okay, like, um, I I thought if I wasn't even thinking, Oh, this is a program. I was like, Oh, they're okay. Yep. This is this, this is their, they're leading me through a healing process is what I thought Mm -hmm. they were doing with these words. And then as I started to live and embody the words that I was being given, I realized, Holy shit, this is what we're missing right now. When we uh, we have moved and and then that word divine feminine came in. I'm like, divine feminine, that seemed like and at the time when it came through, it seemed like super Yeah, I know uh, ooh, yeah. I guess it's the word, but it was yes. just like, Whoa, really? Like, I don't know. Um, but I I realized that these were um and what came through was like invitations, like these mm-hmm. were invitations to help us get back into a more feminine flow to get out of this very masculine way of working and living and being that has burnt us out and, and, um, basically detached us as a society, as a humanity. And we're trying to repair. So it's not that the feminine is like now taking charge. It's just that we're, we're needing more of, yeah, those those invitations which we're now getting we're now getting these we're now living these invitations so how crazy 2016 it was coming in and now it's like oh okay presence yeah we got a lot of time on our hands to actually practice that nourishment we're in a time when we really need to be not just taking our bodies for granted and pushing it to its extreme but like am I really caring for my well-being. Do I really actually know how to nourish myself or do the coping mechanisms that I've learned throughout my life actually do not serve me at this point? Deplete me and wreck me and like all these other things. Exactly. Truth. Am I being really honest with myself about my life, about my behavior, about the the choices I'm making, about the things that are important to me that I'm not giving time to? Like, am I being really honest Mm -hmm. with myself? And we're also seeing truth being exposed in a collective way. So all of these came in and I, it, it's, it is a creative process too. Cause it was just like, like, I wrote them all down on a poster board and I'm like, okay, so these are things I need to work on. And then it was, like, it was just kind of not right, like, I, I, I get a whole blueprint of it. Like, Oh, and this right. is the formula and this is what it's going to be. It's just like, Oh wow. This is like, oh, we could play with this. Well, and and, that's kind of and how I look
0: at it. Yeah, I love that. And I want, and again, <laughs> I always, I get so excited. And so I always apologize if I, if I interrupt, but one of the things that, and I, I guess the reason why I inter, I'm i interrupting is because sometimes like, like just happened two minutes ago. I'm like, I don't want to forget because you, because I'm tr- on this show, I'm trying to, especially if I have a guest, I'm trying to be helpful to the listeners. And so if you say yeah. something that like, exp- and especially as a gateless writing teacher, one of the things that we do in our feedback, and our feedback is always to lift up and to never tear down. It is always about focusing yeah. on where the writing is hot and powerful, and the energy is, and what we love and what pop for us. So as you're talking, it's always like gateless feedback is kind of in the background. <laughs> but what you said is, I received all these words, which I then mm-hmm. realized were invitations. But you didn't say they were invitations to help everybody else. You said. I need to work on these things. Yeah.
1: The first every, invitation yeah. was to you. Yeah. And I that's why I say we can't put anything out in the world that we have not been a student of. Amen. That's the that's the that's the thing about experience is yes. And and through that I realized, wow, that's where my disconnect is with that word. And like, because how can I teach presence? if I am living on my phone and not, not here. And and how can I, how do I have the authority to teach on that if I'm not practicing that? And I tell, I tell my clients all the time, like I am, I am as much a student of the very things that I'm teaching you. Amen. Because I would not be a good teacher if I wasn't.
0: But that's, that's part of the, 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 you know, that's part of the humility of like, and I always say to people like, you know, because people love to say, I had to go first. Well, it, it really is like, we're not, when you're going first, you're not sitting there going, I went first or I'm going first. It's just no. like, you're in it. Like, you're just in it. Yeah. And then you come out the other side and you're like, holy Jesus. And so I often joke, you've heard me say this before. You know, there's a couple of ways to look at it. It's like, you know, after you come through the fire, you go back with buckets of water, you know, for the people right. who are still burning, right? <laughs> yeah. But it, I say, you know, I'm in the triage tent. Like, I finished the race. I've got like some bananas and some water in an aluminum, one of those shiny blankets. And I'm like going back and I'm helping the people that are (laughs) coming across the line, like holy moly. Right. So that's the thing is, you know, you cannot, I always say, how can I, how can I understand your suffering, another person's suffering, if I haven't suffered myself? How can I give advice about having a daily spiritual practice? If I, I mean, and here's the thing, I guess like i mean this jokingly like fuck us because apparently you can do that because there are plenty of people (laughs) giving advice and telling you to do things that they are not practicing in their own daily life and that's one of the things i think where the internet gets a little squirrely is that you can be sold a bill of goods about how things appear right because this is the age like talk about so you and i um you know, have um, talked about this in the past because we're, we're, you and I, are all, we're always talking just as friends. So it's not like whatever. Yeah. But, but now in this day and age when anybody can have a platform, like back in the day, you could have an opinion, but you only shared the opinion. And it used to be in person, right? Because right. there weren't text messages in Voxa and Facebook and Instagram. Like now everybody has a, has a soapbox to stand on or a platform and yeah. they can, the performers, the pretenders, the narcissists, the friggin', um, you know, perfection—the people who are, you know, trying to sell you something—can right. make things appear a very particular way. Right, right. And if people don't use their intuition, and I think of all the work that you do, the thing as an intuitive, the thing that I love that you encourage, and it's also in my own way what I'm doing with my own people, where I always say like. I'm not interested in creating codependent relationships. No. So, so much of being able to navigate this online world and deciding who you're going to be with, friends with, sleep with, buy products from, coach with, mentor with, what church you're going to go to, what authority you're going to listen to. Like, like Russell, Russell Brand was saying the other day about how it's so fascinating to look at the system of authority right now and how trusting we are Like the government Mm -hmm. just says, stay in your house. And I'm not saying we shouldn't, we should, but I'm just saying right now we should, but they just say like, go in your house. And then like little sheep, we all just run into our houses, right? Because we trust, we've made a conscious choice that this is the authority that's going to keep us safe. And we're seeing that on a mass scale. And again, let me repeat, we should right now follow that advice. But what I'm saying is in other interactions in life, especially with the internet and stuff like that, Anybody can make it appear the way they want it to appear. And if we don't trust our own inner teacher, if you don't trust your own Mm -hmm. angel, guide, spiritual team, Holy Spirit, intuition, gut instinct, whatever you want, higher self, higher knowing, divine intelligence, thousand words for Mm -hmm. it, that muscle, that muscle, we have to make it stronger. So I just appreciate that within the DFM, you know, system and what you've created, the program that you highly encourage people to trust themselves and i'm like you and i have talked about the word trust so much right and i always say it's one thing to say that you trust god it's it's one thing to say it like a course in miracles has that great line that says Mm -hmm. i want the peace of god to say this means nothing Mm
1: -hmm. to mean
0: it is everything yeah and you're helping people to understand the meaning that they're feeling in their own body the guidance that they're receiving from their own agency and authority and in a teacher. And I just appreciate that so much. I have never and look, I'm, I'm a little like, you know, my bullshit media gets, "Eh, eh," goes off about 1500 times. No, that's an exaggeration, but it goes off a lot. Right. (laughs) You can't be on social media and me not be like, Oh my God. But I, I have never felt, this is a pretty good, this is a pretty big thing, but I have never felt that you had an agenda that you were like you. trying to no i mean i really mean it like i have always been like yeah Meg just like she's so loving and it doesn't mean and i think that's another thing i think sometimes people who are loving like people like to put them in the sweet category but trust yeah. me people meg has plenty to say she's <laughs> not just all she's not just all sugar and gumdrops okay So I just feel like I appreciate your integrity so much. And I can tell, and we should probably wrap this up because it's like two hours and people (laughs) are going to be like, do these broads ever shut up? But I just want to say, I appreciate your integrity integrity so much. It it really is a beautiful thing. And I think the world right now, now more than ever, needs art, right? We need dancers and music and writers and, and the creatives to step forth. This is when we get busy. This is when we get busy.
1: This is mm-hmm. not our time.
0: We were as Clarissa Pinkola essays, Dr. Clarissa, she says we were made for these times. So the spiritual teachers, yeah. the light workers, the healers, the artists, the musicians, the creatives, the writers, we were made for these times. Absolutely. So, so I appreciate you stepping forward. And because um, I know in your program, you do like lives and you do like healings and you do like these things. And, and there's just. yeah. So
1: I feel like DFM started on how like it was formed on like how to truly live. And I think now what what we're what the focus is is how to truly serve. Yes. Because there are some just so many incredible, beautiful light workers and healers and creatives out there that are truly very empathic and very grounded in um, just wanting to be a loving service. And so I just want to support them in. How to do that energetically, emotionally, physically, mentally—like what that looks like. Um, how to support themselves, and then and then how to just share their magic. Like I'm, I'm not sharing. I'm not teaching them how to do it. Like they, they innately know. I'm just connecting them back to um, what their gift is. And well, and, you're
0: seeing them. You're giving them a safe place. Yeah. And you're seeing them and you're acknowledging it because here's the deal, you guys, right now. I think there's this concept, I think, sometimes in spiritual traditions of like, well, there's one God and there's like one Jesus Christ and there's one Buddha and there's one, you know, whatever, St. Teresa, whatever the thing is. And it's like, but we all have to call upon the Jesus within right now, the God and goodness within right now, the divine goddess. I don't, again, I don't care what you call it. But we're all children of God and there's a reason why it is said in different ways in all the traditions the Bhagavad Gita in yoga in a course in miracles in the Bible all the traditions say some version of you are the light of the world yes you are the love that is like you I I am when it says I am right be still and know that I am God like be still and know. be still be be the mm-hmm. thing that you were created to be which is you are the light of the world so we need everybody Yeah. To be stepping into that power. So it's like you're helping people to acknowledge the divine aspects of themselves. And it's also, again, the work that I do, just we do it a little bit differently. And that's beautiful because the people
1: who resonate with you are going to resonate with you. And the people who resonate with me are going to resonate with me. There's no weirdness. There's there's no competition where we're going. You know what I mean? Like, like all of these things are, are going to fall away. The, the operating out of integrity is going to be seen. We're already seeing it. it the curtains is going like Wizard it, of Oz, man. Back. it's going, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to continue. So, this is a real opportunity for anybody who is operating from that place to get really right with themselves and to go, how do I want to? Because ultimately, at the end of the day, I want to look back and know that I truly served from love and that love was my legacy. Me too. And, 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 I, and I don't, and, I, and so what is my responsibility now? Amen. So there's a great, so the writer
0: named David Brooks, and I, and I brought this up on my, um, my little live that I did today, and um, the question that he asked, he wrote this article, and it's, it's, it's how I answered, oh, well, let me see, oh, here it is. This is the question that we're being asked right now, and I thought it was really powerful. Um, so here are the questions that he asked and I'll get to it. He said, um, he, he asked these questions. This is again, David Brooks. He said, are you ready to die? If your lungs filled with fluid a week from Tuesday, would you be content with the life you lived? Do you know where your most trusted spiritual and relational resources lie? And then this one is the one that we're really talking about right now. What role do you play in this crisis? Like how are you showing up? How have your choices mm. so far led to your own version of this apocalyptic kind of moment, right? But really, right. Here, here's the most powerful one that I loved, which you're, you're basically speaking to. What is the specific way you are situated to serve? Mm. And okay. so that's the question I've been asking myself. KK, like what, what right now? Not what some new thing do I want to create? What label do I Like, what right. do I have within me right now? How am I particularly, particularly situated to serve? Yeah. And you got it. We got to like this is this is the time of like fearless moral inventory. Yeah. And I think yeah. that so much like this is this is one of those times I think where so much. You know, everybody is there's so much fear right now. And I'm going to do a whole podcast about this, you know, probably the week after this, talking about, you know, people, everybody keeps saying like, I just wanted to get back to normal. And I'm like, no, we don't.
1: Yeah. No.
0: No, we don't. We want to, we want a new normal, right? And we want to ask ourselves right now, not only what parts of this world that we're not, as you were saying, it's all shifting right now. A lot will be revealed from this Mm -hmm. physically, personally, professionally, like we're going to start like the the veil, the veil is very, 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 very thin and the curtains are getting pulled back. So it's like, who do I want to be right on the other side of this? What am I taking forth and what am I finally going to own? Yeah. Take responsibility for, apologize for, transition, transform, change. All of us are being asked these questions right now.
1: Right. And I think the thing is, too, is you. our responsibility is always our, ourselves first. Amen. So that is what, like, I take a fierce moral inventory every day. Like, what, what am I doing that's contributing to love? And what am I doing that's contributing to fear? Amen. And, and what is my responsibility with that? Hmm. <sighs>
0: Well, I could just keep talking and talking and talking, but I think that's probably, (laughs) is there any, is there any, oh, please answer the thing I wanted to say, because I was really curious about this, because dance is one of the things, like, and we've come to this place, and I hope I can openly discuss this, Yeah. that I know that I think movement and dance and something, I'm interested to see where we're going to be in a few months or a year from now, because I feel like that's, It's. I don't want to say. I want to say this the right way. It's not like it hasn't been in your life, but I think it's going to start to play a more prominent role in your world. So I don't know what that. I don't know what that's going to look like, and I'm not asking for that answer. But when I was asking you, so when you're choreographing, because I've seen you dance, I saw you perform one time on stage. Um, Is it just kind of like how, like I said, it's like live streaming. It's a download. Is it as you're not necessarily as you're performing, because sometimes I imagine you're performing from the immediate. Like, uh, what do yeah. they call that improv, you know, mm-hmm. versus when you've choreographed and planned how something's going to go. But even right. as you're choreographing, is it like, what, what is that res- receiving process like?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, it's always about the song. Like I, it's a song I hear that inspires me that like, basically my whole body just re- has a physical reaction to yes. like, a. <gasps> And I can feel the, emo- like, it's almost like it opens the floodgates of emotion for me. And that's, I usually t- tend to prefer lyrical or modern types of movement because it, it is such an emotional, they are emotional forms of dance. Kind of like contemporary,
0: um, is that what people would call contemporary? Yeah, lyrical okay.
1: contemporary, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not um, from the dancing world that's why I have to ask these questions okay it used to be called lyrical then it's contemporary i mean okay. it's just they're all the same but okay. um well modern and contemporary are not but um but, but yeah just it's for me it's an exploration of 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 feeling and emotion and yeah. and how that's expressed through the body and um, with that particular performance that you saw, which I would say wasn't even really a dance, more just like a movement piece through grief. That, yeah, I, thought, I felt like it yeah. was like, yeah, 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 me too. Yeah, it, there, it. It was, and, and part of that was in that moment, as I'm, as I'm trying to choreograph it, very clearly I was like, you, it's either, da- either going to be about choreography or it's going to be about mm-hmm. grief. You can't do both.
0: Well, I think it was just a really honest expression of what was arriving in each moment. Right. Like, I can't. That's what I was experiencing. Is it's like it's either going to be about making this, and I, when I say this, I hope you were the making it perfect and pretty, like right, right, choreographed, right. versus mm-hmm. really honest and right. not that choreographed things aren't honest. But
1: am I, am I making sense? Right. What I'm
0: saying? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah.
1: And so with that, what happened was I, I, you know, I that was also like, your piece will be about grief. And I was like, really? Oh my God. Of all the things like that's such a (laughs) buzzkill. Um, but it was also like, I was being guided to move through that because I needed to move through that. Like, um, I feel like grief is like a co-assignment I've had throughout my lifetime, that it's just like something that keeps her. Okay. Here's another, another moment of that. Um, but I, I went back to the moments of my life where I felt grief the most intensely and what was i doing and where was i and then i connected to like the movements from those moments so they're like in the beginning you know there was a moment when my grandfather i was told he was going to be passing away and i was in the shower and i was cutting to release that pain and then you know dropped to the shower and was rocking it was like all those movements were real life movements yeah. of and real life moments that I just, I found a way to interpret in my body in a yep. more artistic way, but you know, yeah.
0: I think that it's, was yeah. the process. Yeah. It's really cool. Me. I love, I mean, I love as a writer and as like I live with the musicians, you know, you live with them. Yeah. I'm, I'm so fascinated by people's creative processes. So that's why, that's why I was yeah. asking for those of you at home. Thank you for indulging me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Meg, this has just been so amazing. I'm wicked, I love you I'm so wicked much. happy to have you. Thank you. I mean, literally we could, we could, and you have a new pot. Wait, right you're still doing your pod. are you going to be yes. Doing the podcast? Oh, yes okay i don't want to miss me so it hasn't come out yet but yes Egg will be ha- just <laughs> put it on the radar right and want, want to tell them the name of it is it or do you want to not tell them the name intuitive magic yeah intuitive magic coming to you live <laughs> remember they say coming soon to a theater near you
1: um
0: <laughs> so just tell people tell the beautiful people at home who have hung in this long if you're still here in the sound of thank our board, yes thank yes, you amen
1: thank you for amen. hanging
0: yeah. Thanks for hanging and tell them how to, uh, how to get in touch with you, how to reach you. And I'll put it on the thing too, but I just want them to, to hear it from you.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm mostly on Instagram, so just come hang out on Instagram. Well, megs. could you, you get Haines. some dashes? Tell them how to literally find yes. you. It's meg.m.hainz, H-A-I-N-E-S is the Instagram. And what's handle. your,
0: what's your, what's your website? It's just Meghanes.com. So keep it really simple. And is Divine Feminine Mastery taking, um, is it always open for enrollment or is it like, um, like you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like a monthly membership. I, I don't get too technical with the terms, but it's, but, it, but it's open. The and doors are open and people are welcome. And people are welcome, yeah. yes. Okay,
0: cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Is there any events or anything you have coming up that you want to share about that I was
1: uh, not aware
0: enough to ask?
1: <laughs> no, no. I mean, I just you know, come find me on Instagram. Like I love to meet people, connect with people. And, um, I'm sure there's some collaborations.
0: ahead. Yeah. And we're trying, to, <laughs> so, we're, trying to,
1: we're not even, it's like, and that's why it probably
0: hasn't happened. Meaning like we're not, I right. think we're, we're just, open to, we, yeah, we know that at some point we're going to do something. And I, I kind of think of us like, um, you know, we're like, um, I, don't, I It's not yin and yang. It's not that, but I think we're, we're a really nice compliment to each other. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I don't yeah. know. we just, just sit tight. We're going to be coming <laughs> up with something at some point, right? I don't know what it's going to look like, but, um, but we, we, um, we love you guys. Thank you yes. so much for tuning in. Um, I appreciate, I mean, especially during this time, um, you know, some people are finding that they, uh, um, you know, they're still working at home, but now with kids. So a lot of people yeah. are like, oh my God, I have so much time. That is not everybody's experience. So for those of you who have found right. the time to hang out with us, we really, really appreciate that. And as you guys, as I always tell you, um, right now is really an opportunity to, to practice and to put into applicable, pragmatic, Living all these principles that we talk about, like now is a really powerful time to start to do that. And the way that I end the show, and I always say to you, like wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Like I really mean that now more than ever, right? Now more than ever. So I see you guys, and I feel you, and and I celebrate you, and I appreciate you, and I love you so much. And I know, Meg, I'm just basically speaking for Meg because I know, (laughs) I know her heart, and I know her spirit, and what what these are for her. Yeah. So just wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Thank you, KK. You're welcome, honey. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. (laughs) I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days. And let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E.